Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. In this series, we are looking at the two letters to the Thessalonian church. This episode is just a taste from the full lesson. It is a standalone teaching meant as special encouragement for you today. So enjoy this short teaching, and we hope you come back tomorrow for the full lesson. This is interesting. Paul often does this. He concludes with a series of commands before he gives the final greeting and benediction and so forth. So let's go through verses 12 through 28. First of all, looking at some of these commands, okay? Even though verse 12 is not a command, okay, it's technically not a command. It's a request, okay? But he'll get to the commands here in a few verses. I've just called the whole section commands. There's 15 in all. The commands, verse 12, but we request of you, brethren. Okay, this is about the 13th or 14th time he's used brethren in this letter. I find that so interesting. Could you meet someone and be around them 30 days and say, you're my brethren. You're my brother. We'd say brother. Um, it's a term of familial affection. It's like you're saying you're part of the family. And that's what Paul's saying. He says, we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. Um, this is a, a section, or two verses, really, that talk about the importance of appreciating, basically, you know, we would say your pastor teacher, Right? The one who has charge over you, the one who instructs you, uh, that's what he is instructing them to do, to appreciate them, which means to recognize or acknowledge them, right? Which is, of course, appreciating them. They diligently labor. Where do they diligently labor? In the Word, right? And they have charge over you. That's a, a title of leadership. It's an expression of leadership. People who have authority and who focus on leading, okay? Not, not okay. This is the way I view it. You're not, you know, you've got a shepherd and you've got sheep. Did the shepherd say, sheep, go over there and push them along? Or did he lead them and go out in front? See, the shepherd is supposed to go out front. If he doesn't go out front, he's not a leader. He's a pusher. He pushes people around. Do you like people to push you around? Or do you like people to lead you and show you the way and inspire you and motivate you to want to follow? That's what everybody wants. They want people who are true leaders, who stand up. They're not afraid of opposition. They stand up for what's right. They stand up for truth. They don't back down. They're kind. They're respectable. They respect others. They're gentle. They know how to handle themselves, and they give others, of course, an example to follow, right? And he's saying, you should appreciate these people. You shouldn't appreciate pushers, but you should appreciate leaders, right? True leaders. They diligently labor. They have charge or authority over you in the Lord, and they give you instruction. That's the teaching of the Word of God, right? Which is truth. Which is truth. In a culture that doesn't even know if there is such a thing as truth, and Pilate said, what is truth? Our culture is no different, right? <laughs> we need people who will give instruction in what is truth, and then be able to explain why it's true. 
and why there's no such thing as relative truth. I always love the one where they say, true for you, but not for me. Well, is that an absolute? That's what I want to say. Is that, is that absolutely true? <laughs> See, because the, to, to make a statement that something is true for you and not for me requires that to be an absolute truth. And then we're, now we're back to absolutes again. So you can't, nobody can, you can't escape absolutes. You cannot escape absolutes. So we need people who hold to absolutes, know what absolutes are, and then are able to convey those absolutes. So here's an absolute. Appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you and give you instruction in the word of God, which is truth. Jesus said, if you know the truth, uh, what did he say? Uh, uh, if you, if you, <laughs> it's it's John eight thirty two. I just can't remember exactly how it's phrased right now because, I, and then I started it without with thinking I could finish it. Um, you will, um, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. John eight thirty one and thirty two. So that's kind of truth is kind of important. So appreciate those who give you instruction in the truth. Verse 13, and that you esteem them very highly in love. The driving force behind it all is love. And we're supposed to love one another. Jesus said the greatest I leave you with a new commandment that you love one another even as I love you. By this they will know you that you love one another. It's supposed to be a totally distinct feature that only Christians show in the world. And that is that we love one another, even as Christ loved us. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's the case anymore today. It is among individual Christians, but the church at large is not viewed by the world as a loving entity. They mostly just fight. Uh, so it's unfortunate. But we're supposed to. And you're to esteem your leaders very highly in love, with the driving force of love behind it because of their work. Because they're working teaching you the truth. Um, I've told my wife a number of times. They they say um, they say in, in ministry like, how do you know if if you are called to be a pastor or teacher? Well, it's not because the Holy Spirit came down out of heaven as a dove and told me, sat on my shoulder and I perched here up or something. No, that never happened. If you can do anything else, you ain't a pastor. If you can do anything else, you're not called to be a pastor teacher. I can do other things. I can. Oh, I can do lots of stuff. I'm almost a jack of all trades. But I can't do those things and be right with God. Oh, I contemplated it. I contemplated it when I was about 42, 3, when I was about at the end of my rope being a pastor and really considering doing something else, you know, which it's a midlife career change, which if any of you've done that, you know, that's a huge step. That's a huge idea because you're undertaking what kind of education do I have to get to move into another field? I'm starting off. I'm going to be 45 when I get done. I'm, I'm going to go up against people who are 23, 24, who employers are looking at them in the long term. I'm, I'm 45 years old if I get into this field. Where, you know, it's, it's so many challenges to overcome, right? That you think, you know, and I was like, I don't think I can do this. Not because it's not possible, but just because this isn't, this isn't right. 
I'm a pastor. I've been called to teach the word. So esteem them very highly in love because of their work. I mean, it is work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. Um, you're trying to communicate to people um, theo theology, doctrine, ideas, concepts, words. A pastor teacher has to become a wordsmith. He has to know how to put words together in a way that communicate to people. Thank you for listening to this lesson from the Epistles to the Thessalonians. Jeremy has a companion book to this study available on Amazon for purchase. You can find the link in the description below. You can also find out more information on Jeremy's website, beyondthewalls-ministry.org. We thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you found this lesson useful, informative, and encouraging. Because our desire here at Beyond the Walls is for you to grow in your faith, your love of God, and therefore to have a more joyful, abiding life in Christ.